Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. Welcome to Barbecue Nation with JT's After Hours. Conversation that took place after the broadcast ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. Uh, two marvelous people joining me today. One is my sidekick, my radio wife, Ms. Leanne Whippen. Uh, <laughs> I, I got my wife calling Leanne, even though they've never met my radio wife. So they, she, she laughs every time she says it. And Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Okay, as I promised, and you brought this up when we talked on the phone oh, a month or so ago, you wanted you said you'd been doing stuff with Koji. Yeah, Koji Koji's really interesting. Again, it's included. Um, I've I've got a chapter of it in the new book. Um, it's really fascinating stuff. Koji is a mold. And a lot of people go, mold on my food. But yeast is a mold. And if you like beer, if you like whiskey, um, if you like uh, bread, camembert, brie, bread. Cheese, yeah, I was going to say cheese. I mean, yeast is a very important part of almost many, many cooking things. And koji is a mold that's used to make sake and um, uh, a a variety of Asian foods. Um, And it, 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 it can do interesting things to me. Um, and I know a number of people who have been um, playing with it with meats. I was in a restaurant not long ago where they served butter that had been mixed with koji. And oh my goodness, it had this kind of a Parmesan character to it. And it was just like butter turned up to 11. Um, it was really outstanding. So I started playing with it. Um, and the way most people experiment with it is you can buy, uh, it's, it's grown on rice typically. It, 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 and, and you can buy it on Amazon. It comes in like a little white brick. Uh, and what you do with it is you just, a lot of people will just take it and crumble it and coat a steak with it and pop it in the fridge for a week or so, and then wipe it off or rinse it off and grill the steak in it. They say it has an aged steak flavor, and it's kind of it has kind of a that characteristic. It, you're not going to mistake it if you know the flavor of real aged steak. You're not going to mistake it for aged beef, but it does have a, an interesting funk that is reminiscent of aged beef. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started playing with it, and uh, and I, I learned that there is a form of koji called shio koji, and shio koji is essentially you take the rice and you mix it with some warm water and then you um, uh, let it sit around for a week in a um, a cloth-covered jar and uh, then you can refrigerate it for months. And uh, it makes like um, a, a mush. And that's easier to work with than the regular rice. 
and um, you can pour that on top of beef, turkey, butter, and it doesn't take a week. It just, uh, you know, a few days. And uh, it really is fun to play with. You can buy shiokoji already made on Amazon, or you can make your own. And it, I describe all this in my book, which won't be out for a year, but when it comes out, <laughs> you can you can, uh, you can can read up all the tricks I, uh, that I learned about um, how to um, um, work with Shiokoji. And it, 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 it's kind of fun. It, it, it adds a, a different dimension to, and like the butter just blew me away. I absolutely adore it. I I have never uh I mean I've had miso which is you know rice and soybeans which and miso salt. is made with koji right I've had that but I've never tried to cook with it I find gochujang is made with koji yes um, yeah. I yeah, I just find it fascinating well I I, I'll tell you um, what I'll send you the chapter from the book okay <laughs> okay I love a preview that. my yeah. question is when you say you sprinkle it over steak and then you kind of wash it off is that is the koji on the rice at that point i mean you yes. can't remove it from the rice right so it's no. really like you're putting rice on your meat sort of yes <laughs> you, you you coat the meat with you coat the meat with this koji rice and the koji is all over the rice and then it gets onto the meat and it grows on the meat and into the meat and then you want to wash it off because you don't want to eat a steak that's got dried rice on it Mm-hmm. Um, but it's already it's the, the 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 yeast has interacted with the proteins and the amino acids in the meat. So when you wash it off, the meat is changed. It's transformed. Is it expensive? I, no, no, it's cheap. I'll send you the chapter too. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm just curious about that because it's a good point. You wouldn't you don't want to eat your steak with old dry rice on it. No. But at what kind of walk us through the process without giving away the entire chapter of the book. Except I'm happy to, me, to talk about it. Uh, except to me and Leanne. But mm-hmm. does it just kind of, does the the koji part just kind of, if you will, slide off the rice? I'm, I'm trying to picture this in my mind of oh. how to explain it to people. And then, if, you, if you buy koji on, you can go to Amazon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can just search for koji and you'll see it comes in a plastic uh, bag. And it's like uh, it's dried out and the rice has this koji yeast growing on it, only it's dormant. It's mm-hmm. just sitting there and it comes to life when you put it on something that's wet, like a steak, or if you put it in a jar and add warm water and it reinvigorates itself. And um, uh, then the yeast, um, just like it does on uh, in fact, if you think of camembert or brie, mm-hmm. they have a, um, a a yeast bloom along the outside. You know, that kind of white the fuzzy. Rind, yeah. Right, yeah. The rind is very similar to what's happening here. Hmm. And um, it uh, and that that is a yeast. Um, and uh, it um, it alters the the the, the chemistry of the uh, the food that you put it on. And uh, it's it's fun. Interesting. Can you use it in bread too, like as a? I think so. I've not tried it. There's actually a book. Um, stand by thirty seconds. All right. You guys, 
Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> so, how's your day? Hey, how's your day, day going? Good. My day yeah. is good. Yeah. Your hair uh, looks nice. I like oh, your hair. Thank you. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. Getting ready to uh fly to Pennsylvania. Oh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not finding it rapidly. I oh. uh, my bookshelves. Eh. I get oh, it. Those are all that. my barbecue yeah. books, uh-huh. and I we've got two or three more that are uh, other cookbooks. I, I do have a book. It's by a guy in Cleveland, um, and you can find that on Amazon called Koji Magic or something like that. And uh, uh, he gets deep into the science uh, because he uses it. In fact, he did a TED talk on the subject. You can find that on YouTube. <clears throat> he uses it on a lot of stuff. Uh, he uses it on a lot of his charcuterie. And when you think about it, a lot of charcuterie is impacted by molds and bacteria. So sure. Right, right. Well, that's interesting. That's, it is. That's, that's very, very interesting. Um, we had Max on, like I said, Meathead, and Max does your reviews and does the testing for grills and other products and all that. Do you do, and I don't know if I've ever asked you this question, do you actually do any testing just for the Meathead household? You do, And Max is your guy, so he's the spokesman for that. But do you say uh, you get a new pellet grill or you get a new gas grill or something, and and do you do your own testing? Is you, Have you got well, your own science metrics that have to they have to pass before you actually keep them in your barbecue arsenal? Well, Max is the official grill and smoker tester. Right. But Max and Clint, Clint Cantwell, who is our general manager and also a champion competition cook. Um, and uh, uh, I and uh, Husky, who runs the Pitmaster Club, we've all been involved in the product testing. Uh, I have a new product that somebody sent me the other day. It's very interesting. It's a um, a piece of metal with holes poked in it that you put on a gas grill and then there's a bag of charcoal chips. They're like wood chips, only they're Mm -hmm. charcoal. Yeah. And you sprinkle it on the metal and you put it on your gas grill and then the charcoal chips catch fire and burn. And they burn hotter than your gas grill, so you're amping up the infrared. Um, And uh, I I played with that with burgers the other day. so we're always playing with toying with thermometers. We have Bill McGrath, who is a, a electrical engineer, and he tests thermometers. We have over 200 thermometer reviews, and we have very special equipment that he uses um, to test how accurate it is and how rapid it reads, uh, because the manufacturers all say that it's precision and that it reads rapidly, but does it really? Right. And uh, so we have uh, more than 200 thermometer reviews on our website. Um, uh, So we're all involved, you know, a a variety. Somebody just shipped me an attachment that goes on a Weber kettle that is a new uh, gizmo that has a thermostat control. Uh, There's several of those out there now, but this one is very clever design that goes on the, uh, I think it's called the Viper. Um, uh, and it goes on a Weber kettle and it controls the temperature of the Weber kettle. Um, you know, we're, we're, we all putter around with uh, gloves. People are always shipping me gloves. Um, I'm sure you guys get them too. Uh, um, we get stuff. 
We, we I, I don't have any gloves and I need gloves. So, okay. Uh, hello, glove manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, this brings me to another question. And we've talked. I may about, have some extras just because I think I have a lot. <laughs> okay. I'll send you her address. Um, I do. I need gloves. I was just at an event this weekend at Sam's Club and I forgot my gloves and they don't even sell gloves in there. Well, you and know, I'm kind of picky about my gloves. There's a, there's a whole variety of them. And actually, we have a bunch of glove reviews on the website. Um, uh, we we hired Rick Brown to test gloves for us. Um, and he did some fun stuff with um, the uh, knife proof gloves. He put hot dogs in the fingers and then whacked at them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you have um, uh, cut proof gloves. You have temperature resistant gloves a lot of them um are made out of um uh, i forget the the materials but they're neoprene but they're neoprene perhaps and they have um silicon pads on them so they're non-stick there's mm -hmm. these all silicon gloves which are mostly mitts they're too slippery i don't care for them but they are like very heat mitts. resistant yeah i yeah. like to, i like to move my fingers yes yeah my favorite are the um uh, the leather welding gloves um, because they're really flexible and I can pick up a burning log, um, yeah. and hold it or charcoals and hold it in those things. And then you can actually wash them, you know, you go to the sink and cause I've picked up turkeys with them and. Oh yeah. 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 Well, that would make sense. Cause Leanne likes to eat stuff with her hands. I so do. we got to get her, <laughs> we got to get her some, some heat proof and I, grease proof. But I have gloves. nice gloves that I use at the table. When okay. All right. All right. <laughs> So um, we've talked about this many times on the show before, but evidently we need to talk about it one more time is the fact that uh, we had a, we had a great guest on the show, but he said one thing that caught my attention was the fact that he was talking about the wood chips, the soaked wood chips and the smoke from the wood chips mm -hmm. and it's, basically steam it's not smoke right uh, uh like that and i don't want people to get the wrong idea um uh, you know if you're burning but if you you were too polite to correct him is that right i was i was i, I was. wasn't <laughs> <laughs> that's why she's my co-pilot here's here's the science the science and it's really simple first of all there's a reason they build boats out of wood because it yep. doesn't absorb water. <laughs> yep. And 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 I've done the test. You can take wood chips and soak them, not just for an hour, like most books tell you, soak them overnight um, or chunks. And it gains like three or four or 5% weight. And it's all on the surface. And if you cut them open, there's no water inside. And I've done right. that too. And I have pictures of it on the website. Then you take this wet wood and you throw it on the charcoal. And what happens? It starts to steam because water steams at In 212 mm -hmm. but right it, the wood doesn't combust till five six seven hundred degrees so it has to first evaporate the water before the wood can catch fire and burn mm -hmm. so when you throw those wood chips on the fire and you see all that white stuff coming off you're not seeing smoke you're seeing steam mm -hmm. and you can just hold a mirror over it and you'll see it fogs up the mirror um, once the water comes off, 
well, when you throw the wood, wet wood on the charcoal, it's going to lower the charcoal temperature. When right. You, one of the things you want to always try to do is stabilize your cooking temperature. Then it'll go up. The other thing that's interesting, and I've just wrote about this for Barbecue News magazine, is you want your wood to burn. You don't want it to smolder. The um, the the compounds of smoldering wood are different than the compounds from burning wood. When wood burns with a bright flame, that flame is consuming a lot of the uh, impurities that don't taste as good. Um, and if you look at these people, you mentioned you have a stick burner uh, and um, a stick burner. For those who are not in the know, is barbecue jargon for a uh, smoker that burns sticks or logs, yeah. not not twigs, but logs. Right. Uh, and uh, and you, you see guys with a jambo or a stick burner or a log burner, and they get it burning. Uh, you you see flame in there. And you, you, you need to have a small hot fire and you need lots of oxygen to make that happen. And <clears throat> when you wrap wood chips up in aluminum foil and throw it on the fire, it'll put out more white smoke, which is smoldering, but it's not as effective and flavorful as when it burns. And when it burns, often you can't see the smoke. It's called mm -hmm. blue smoke. And that's what the great pitmasters all strive for. You can't see it because the part particles are so small, they don't refract light. <clears throat> As the particles get larger, then you can see the, the smoke. It becomes white or yellow or brown or, God forbid, black. <clears throat> and uh, But um, uh, the, 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 if you go watch guys like Darren Worth, who wins every competition he enters, and you look inside his jambo. The door is open. Yeah, I do. I have a jambo. My door is always it's always pretty open. open. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. You you've got, you need a lot of oxygen moving mm -hmm. through there, and you want you want to fl you want some flame, right? Um, uh, and um, uh, that burns impurities, and you get very clean smoke that way. All right. I have a question as it pertains to wood chips. Then. So are you telling me that in all the years that I've been soaking my wood chips and draining them and throwing <laughs> them on the fire, I should just be throwing them directly on the fire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, boy. Dry. Throw them on and there. Shame then you're going to use me. a lot more wood. I it mean, you're going to use... It does kind of also slows down the process of the smoke because when you throw them on there and they start burning right away, then you're going to get all kinds of smoke in your face or whatever. So getting them wet kind of slows that process down but it's not as tasty you're saying yeah you just the quality of the uh, the, the, huh. the, the 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 what comes off um is is is, is i mean you can the scientists have done the analysis of what's in the smoke and uh you, you get more creosote when the, the wood is cold and that's the same thing everybody knows this charcoal you light charcoal mm -hmm. and you don't want to cook over charcoal you just lit why because the charcoal is cold and it's exuding um, impurities, uh, uh, unpleasant aromas and smoke. Once it's fully lit, it's burning off all the impurities and the unpleasant uh, compounds in the smoke. Mm -hmm. And so um, the same is holds true for, uh, um, I mean, if you throw a log in a fireplace and you yeah. watch it, you'll start to see yellow gas coming out of the cracks. 
Right. You know, you see that that's nasty stuff. You know, take a spoon and stick it in there and let it cool off a bit and lick it. You'll be tasting it for hours. You don't want to taste that on your meat. Mm -hmm. You want that stuff to burn off. And 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 so pitmasters like yourself, I'm sure you often get your logs burning down to embers. Yeah, you're not. You, you 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 won't throw your meat on there just after you've lit the logs and it's burning like crazy. Burn it down to embers, and then occasionally you'll throw a log on there and it'll 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 burn. But the same thing in 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 a in a gas grill or a charcoal grill. I use chunks more than I do chips, and just throw them on there and let them burn. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I've never I've never soaked chunks. So tell me this: in my jambo, what I do is I crisscross my wood and then. I always put like a log or two to the right it, inside the firebox is even though it's not on fire per se, is that heat still releasing that nasty stuff before I put it on that? The ones that know. are on fire. I don't know. I think what's probably happening is it's drying it out. Yeah. I just wondered if it got rid of the nastiness. That's, that's yeah, I don't know. Curious. I don't. You, you know who really taught me a lot of this? Of course, I work, as you guys know, with Professor Greg Blonder from Boston University. Right. He's a physicist and a uh, uh, engineer, um, uh, and he's informed me a great deal about the science involved. But um, Bill Carew, do you know the Carew Uh-uh. Oh, the Carew is the absolute coolest stick burner I've ever used. No, it, it looks it. like a little dorm refrigerator and you put the logs on top and there's a fan that pulls the smoke down through the embers into oh, wow. the meat. So the, the smoke is actually going through the glowing embers, the coals, I and it's that. burning off all the impurities. Um, go uh, go to amazingribs.com and type in K A R U B E C U E Karubicu Karubicu. Huh. Bill Karu is also a scientist, and he designed this machine. And he just his knowledge of gasification, combustion, um, uh, burning is unparalleled. And yeah. I mean, I've spent hours on the phone just listening and taking notes wow um, interesting stand by 30 more seconds here we go again here we go again <laughs> uh, let's see uh meathead method okay i'm looking for combustion well that makes sense and leanne one thing i would say while meathead's bringing up about the Karubicue is that I have found, and I've done the same thing. I put a couple of smaller logs off to the side in the firebox like that. Uh, this is going to sound so dumb and so obvious, but the if I kind of keep a fair distance, meaning four to six inches away from the actual oh, fire like between those logs, uh -huh. it works out pretty well. Because yeah, that's, that's what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, look at All that. Right, this is a, a chart that um, uh, I built with information from both Professor Blonder and uh, uh, Bill Carew. Um, they, they, they agree on this mostly. They, uh, 
there there's four four stages or if you want to count the ash stage um stage one is dehydration and that's from 100 degrees to 500 where the wood is just dehydrating it's just drying out you throw the wood on there most wood has some moisture in it even aged wood can be 25 percent or more moisture so the first stage here is you're getting a lot of water vapor coming off. I don't know if you can see the mouse moving. I yep. can. Yep. Um, you get water vapor coming off and a bunch of things are starting to go on. Then you get the decomposition phase where the wood starts to break down your 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 hemocellulose, your cellulose and your lignin. Those are the three main compounds of the wood. They start to break down the heat from five to seven hundred or so. They start to break down, um, but you don't have flame yet. Mm -hmm. um, you get around seven hundred, it bursts into flame, <clears throat> and that's when it burns off all the impurities and the bad flavor compounds, <clears throat> and it's called the combustion phase. And this little sweet spot here between decomposition and combustion. With the vertical stripes, it says best smoke flavor. That's where they maintain your best smoke is and your best in that um, 650 to 750 range um, is where your 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 best um, smoke flavors are. And then it breaks down into charcoal mm -hmm. and finally to ash. Right. And um, that's pretty cool. So these are, you know, they, these are some pictures I took to try to demonstrate that, uh, you know, just in a kettle. Is but that, you know, step, that's your that's your de, that, that 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 this is your dehumidif uh, dehumidification or dehydration phase. This is uh, decomposition, um, and this is uh, combustion, and uh, there's your charcoal, charcoal and so on. Mm -hmm. Leanne, um, is that? Let me interrupt here. Meathead, mm -hmm. leave that picture up. Those pictures, please. Mm -hmm. Is that the way you're stacking your wood in your yeah uh, jambo? Exactly, yeah, uh, yeah, identical. Yeah, it's like Lincoln logs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you want um, airflow, obviously, air, you know, oxygen feeds the fire. This, so. by the way, is all in the new book. And I actually did an excerpt of this for um, Kells Magazine. Um, uh, I think it's in next month. Um, but, you uh, know, it, there's things that affect this. I get, I get the idea, but it depends on the age of the wood, how much moisture is in it. So your, gra your graph or your chart's going to change because your dehydration is going to be much longer in a newer piece of wood, correct? Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to change. But except you, nobody's burning green wood or shouldn't be burning green wood. Right. Because it's it, it, green wood is, I mean, you can just feel it, the heft. It's heavier. It's full of water. It can right. be, you know, a, a, a 60, 70, 80% water. Most of the guys I talk to, and you can actually buy a meter um, that you stick it in the wood and it has two little metal prongs and it sends an electrical current no and kidding. measures the moisture. You huh. know, you can buy them on Amazon. It's got, and, and it, 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 it sends up. an electrical that, current. Because I've had a lot of wood that I wondered, is this too old to use? You know, and if I have that little thing, it's kind of like my battery meter it tells me yep. my batteries Except, are good. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's a matter of age so much as it is just moisture content. Right. I mean, and it's, old wood, uh, yeah, it's mm -hmm. sitting outdoors right. and it gets rained on, so it's got more moisture in it. But yes, as the wood ages, it tends huh. to dry out. And the sweet now the sweet spot, Bill and a few others say 
is in, I think it's around 25%. I, again, I've got a lot of this in the new book. Um, I can't wait to hear me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have to have somebody that needs to look at it before it hits? I, I, I've, I've yeah, been down that road. I, I'll, I'll get you some info if you want. Um, Absolutely. But wow, um, this is all very interesting. Yeah. And I, I got to I got to say, you know, there's those who can uh, do and those who can't teach. I, <laughs> you don't want to see me cooking in a competition. I, <laughs> I Well, it I, would be so analytical. I mean, you would try. No. And you wouldn't be next to me because you'd be driving me nuts. I oh, yeah. talking about like, oh, this is the best time to put the meat on because it's in between the I have a Lang. I have a Lang. 36 reverse and i i struggle with it mm. i struggle with it i mean uh, burning logs is is an art um, well i i can tell you something let me interject something here and i don't know mm -hmm. if i've told you this before i think leanne has heard me talk about this mm -hmm. we have a guest i had a guest several years ago who shall remain unnamed because he's very involved with kcbs but he told me <laughs> That what he does, he waits till his wife goes to bed at night, and then he brings his competition wood in, puts it in their oven at like 175 degrees, and leaves it there all night, and then cleans up the mess <laughs> in the morning before she gets up, uh, cleans up her oven. And then he does that every night for like five days before he goes to a competition, so his wood is dried out. Uh, well, you wow. know Husky from our pitmaster club. Right. Husky lives in rural Michigan, and he's got a lot of pine, and he's got oh. a, a a stick burner. And what he'll do is he'll take his hardwoods, put it in his cooking chamber of this uh, of his um, uh, smoker, and then he'll burn pine to dry out the wood that yeah. he's going to use for cooking. So, yeah, it's an interesting picture. Two ribs cooked uh, same day, side by side. One with uh, smoked with charcoal and wood and smoked with propane and wood. And look at the difference in color. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, if you took, look, back up for a second. If you took, if you had those, <clears throat> but you took your little magical wood box, or there's another, there's a company out here called Smokehouse Products, and they created a little stainless steel box with holes in it. I used one for a long time. Mm -hmm. um that you could put small chunks or wood chips in like that could you darken that up if you use that method if all you have is a gas grill i don't know perhaps okay good answer mm -hmm. good answer i just uh think that's uh well there's so much you can do now versus you know especially when the guys like Leanne's dad and and those crews, uh, Carolyn Wells and that, they all started KCBS. It was always pretty much charcoal. And uh, now there's so many different ways to do things that sometimes I think the civilians, as we call them at the top of the show, can get a little, I don't want to say confused, but there's so much information. Sometimes you can get overwhelmed. So just, yeah. just uh, just saying absolutely yeah um we're gonna wrap it up here because uh, as normal with meathead we've gone 
a long time in after and it hours. feels always like it's a five minute deal I, know. I i just i just become so entrenched in everything that he says oh gosh leanne uh, i'm flattered uh, <laughs> i truly do i mean yes i i, I don't want to come visit you for fear that i will never leave <laughs> <laughs> Okay. On that well, note, if you go to Amazon, though, you can you can find these. Um, I, I forget what they call. I'm I'm looking on my I, computer I now. I put it. I put it in as a wood moisture meter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that'll I probably. I'm looking notes. on my computer for because I know I've got pictures of them. I've got one. It's out in the garage. Um, but and, um, and I'm assuming that'll work on chunks too, right? I presume yes. Because I I so I sometimes get the wood mixed up and I I'm like, Oh my God, this is, is cause I'll use my junky wood. Yeah. We'll just say for, you know, just burning off, you know, whatever. But uh, anyway, yeah, that would be very helpful and probably save me a little bit of money. There you go. There you go. Um, go to uh, amazingribs.com. You can find out, a ton. And when I say a ton, I literally mean if pixels weighed anything, there would be a ton of information on amazingribs.com. And uh, Meathead, as always, it has been absolutely fantastic to have you on the show. And we're going to have you back in about three weeks getting ready for Fourth of July. Fourth of July, which is That's one of right. our favorites. All yeah, that. Me too. Well, you guys have a great Memorial Day. Yes, you too. Yeah, we're going to try. Okay, so as we said before, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Check out AmazingRibs.com. Don't forget, and I for, I omitted this in the show, Leanne, and I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Pig powder. Leanne's mm -hmm. pig powder. Go to pigpowder.com. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's a, a rub that was created by her father and uh, world's best rub uh, hey. champion a long time ago. Yes. It's it's there. So you do that and you can check us out on barbecuenationjt.com and send us a message if you want. And I will have Leanne respond to you until then. Uh, enjoy your holiday weekend, everybody. Memorial Day. And as I said, turn it, don't burn it. And don't forget what we uh, honor and celebrate Memorial Day for. Take care, everybody. <laughs>